What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Locked In Sports Podcast. I'm William Locke, and joining me, as he does every single MLB podcast, is Luis Barranco. Luis, how you doing on this fine Sunday afternoon in March? It is Sunday. It is March. Happy March. Um, uh, if you can cue in, I mean, we can't cue in because of copyright March Madness by Future. You know, it is a perfect <laughs> March today. It is currently 82 degrees, and it's very hot. There's not a single cloud in sight. Actually, uh, this weekend, I went to the beach for the first time this season, and it was uh, it was pretty nice out here. Uh, I don't know about you. I don't know how Chicago weather is. Uh, a lot of, lot of spring break people there right now? Well, I don't go to the spring break beach. Mm. If you're a local, you know the spots. Like, I pay five bucks to go to a beach. I can't believe you have to pay, though. Yeah, you don't have to pay here. No, it's a beach I go to because you pay $5 and it's very quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. That's a lot better. Yeah, I mean, it's nice today. It was uh, it's like in the 60s. So I ran outside uh, this morning during the Man City during the Man City United game. Well, missed the second half, but I was supposed to, I was supposed to run, but uh, I was out last night playing poker with the, with some buddies of mine. So it was a Kiki Parlays we were getting placed to. You know, watch F1's back, too. You forgot F1, too. And Max Verstappen won by 20-something seconds. What's hey, new? Hey, but it's going to be interesting. So just wait. Just wait. Why is it going to be interesting? The guys won, what, th- three straight titles? There's going to be a lot of management issues coming up in the near future. Uh, I've seen that the Drive to Survive numbers are down in the U.S. and the the race ratings are down, too. Well, because, people, people want parody, but people, but this way next, there's, there's a lot of things coming down that's going to affect the dynamics of a certain team, allegedly. Oh, interesting. So, so there could be a lot of change. And I mean, there's a lot of power struggles, but in reality, it is March. Um, baseball, it is baseball weather. I did run into the Florida Gators baseball team bus on the way to the gym yesterday. As they are in Miami for a weekend series, I don't know if you saw Jack Caglione hit a nuke. I think all I, all I see is he had an oppo blast. I saw uh, the guy from I think Drew Burris from Georgia Tech out here hitting a bunch of nukes, and then James Wood up the road in Palm Beach, who's probably yeah man, he's going off. He bro, he looks like Adam Dunn. He looks like Adam Dunn, like a regen. Mm. But you know, yeah, and, and, and Juan Soto too. Juan Soto hit like. Three home went, runs. Went yard he hit another one today. Yeah, he went yard but today. I, see that. I don't like it though. He's wasting all of his home runs in spring training. It's like Kyle Higashioka. I'm pretty sure he led the Yankees in home runs in spring training in like 2022, and then you know, obviously didn't do that in, in the regular season. I mean, I, I hope he. I hope he's leaving some of these for the regular season. It's spring training. There's things you just you, you take spring training with a grain of salt sometimes. Of course. Like, I mean, but, but but you know, but it is spring training. We can start talking about what's been going around around the league. So, what have you seen spring training? Tell me, like your your notes that you just like. I know you, I'm not watching many games. I've seen blips and clips. Yeah, I'm, I've watched a bit of the Yankees. Uh, seen a lot of clips. Was disappointed that the Paul Skeens, uh, Jackson Holiday game wasn't on TV. Apparently, the stadium there they they don't have Statcast and they don't. If they don't broadcast games from whatever stadium that was, I think the Pirate Stadium. That that's was in, um, that's in Clearwater. I've been to that stadium actually. No, it's in Bradenton. The the Pirates one. 
Same thing. I had this debate last night. Where Clearwater, Bradenton, Sarasota, it's all Tampa to me. Yeah, okay. It, it, it's, it's all Tampa to me. So it's just like, no, it's not Tampa. It is just like, long story short, it's Tampa. You're a Flor- you're a Floridian at this point. I mean, you've been living there for year and a half. Two almost two years. Year and a half. Yeah, two years. When did you move? When did you move there? August. What, August of 2022. Yeah. 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 So you've basically been there as long as I've been in Chicago. Just a few, like what, two months longer than me. I mean, I don't know. I've been. I haven't been up to. I've only been to Miami. That's the only Miami and Fort Lauderdale. I haven't been up to Boca. Her boat is pretty beautiful, and they don't have any spring training there. Um, West Palm, there's spring training in West Palm, but I haven't been up there. And then um, all the way up the the west coast of the state, which you got Naples, um, Fort Myers, because that's where the Red Red Sox know. Yeah, Kayla's at the Red Sox game right now, actually. Red Sox play in Fort Myers? Yeah, they play in Fort Myers. Jeff Blue Park. That's like an hour and a half, yeah. But still, it's kind of like you have to drive through this freaking swamp. I think it's farther than an hour and a half. I feel like it's like three, four hours. Hour and a half, two hours, because I think it's two hours from Tampa. Oh, maybe, yeah. Something like that. I mean, Miami is such a weird geography. What's crazy is like Miami doesn't have any spring, spring training. Like You would expect them to have somebody out here, but they don't. You got to go further north. The furthest south is – um. Jupiter, which Jupiter's a mecca this weekend. I have a buddy. He's at the Cog- uh, Cognizant Classic. Not the Cognizant, but the golf tournament. Oh. They're playing this weekend out there in Jupiter. And I know Roger, I think it's Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium or somebody, some other stadium is out there. And that's where uh, the Cardinals and Marlins play. Yep. And that's Astros, a great- Astros and Nats are near there, too. The Astros and Nats are at uh, Palm Beach at Roger mm-hmm. at Roger Dean, I think. But that's a great segue into our first topic. I mean, um, it's been a long time coming. I have officially put in my bandwagon request. Tim Anderson is a Miami Marlin. I will be there at opening day. Congratulations. Congratulations. How's, how's it feel? It, it feels great. I mean, the fit is great. I mean, if you would have, can you imagine being an NL, AL Central fan two years ago? And you would say that Luis Arise and uh, Tim Anderson would be the uh, would be the uh, up the middle. Well, not even up the middle. Yeah. For the, well, uh, we'll see where they're going to we'll slot. We'll see where their slot arrays, but that's the uh, that's the um, the uh, middle infield of a team. Could you imagine? Yeah, because you had TA who won the batting title in 2019, and then Arise won it. In year, 20, right? 2020, 2022, I believe he won it in Minnesota. And then 23, he won it again uh, in Miami. Yeah, he's won it two straight seasons. So, I mean, obviously, TA, it's a one-year deal, $5 million. He's only 30. You know, he, he's got plenty of time left. I think last year he was really hampered with uh, injuries. He dealt with that sprained left ankle and then also the some right shoulder soreness and he just wasn't himself last year. He's had a lot of injuries, a lot of injuries in Chicago. And uh, just quick, I'll go quickly with it. In Chicago, that White Sox team was just tough. I mean, the manager unrest, you know, Moncada not having a great year. The only guy in that lineup was Lou Bob, Luis Robert, Robert. Jake, Jake Berger before they traded him. Well, Berger time's crazy here. 
I mean, yeah. I saw the video. I saw the video of him um, when him and Ta hugged it out in the clubhouse. It's like two two old you know brothers reuniting. Here. They're like they're like thank God we are away from that toxic White Sox environment and we're down here in Miami in the sun. But what's the difference? But in reality, what's the difference between the White Sox and the Marlins? If you look at both team con- constructions, the Marlins have much better pitching. Okay, so you're telling me you would take uh, Yuri Perez, uh, Jesus Lazardo, and Edward Cabrera over Michael Kopech, uh, Dylan Cease, and I'm missing one guy, and it would have been Lance Lynn. I'm yeah. talking. And um and you can add Giolito and Rodon. That was two years ago. Yeah, are we talking about this year or two years ago? I'm talking two years ago. The two years White Sox wow. team. Because last year's White Sox team, it's, it was a wash. When they, what year did they win the division? Was that 2019? I think it was, it was a COVID a, I mean, year. I think it was a COVID year that they won it. Because no, because they had the. I remember they had the series against the Astros. And, yeah, uh, and, and you literally flamed me because I was so high. I was like, you see, the team's going nowhere. And I'm like, relax. They won it in 21. Yeah, 21. Okay. In, in, in the 21 roster, they won that year with a. Um, what was it? Oh, yeah. They won that year. They pretty much went five wild. That, that was a really bad White Sox team. They Last went, year? The 21 wildcard team. The 21 wildcard team went 500, below 500 against the AL West. Yeah, I mean, that includes the Angels, the Mar- the Raiders, or the Raiders, the Rangers when they were bad, the, the A's. Yeah. They lost still out of seven games that they played with the Angels and Astros, they lost five of them. And then the A's, they went four and three, and the Mariners went three and three. They actually did surprisingly better against the East, except the Yankees, which they went one and five. But on that team, they had Cease, they had Giolito, Keuchel, Kopech, Lance Lynn, Rodon. And then their relievers were Aaron Bummer, Crochet, Hendricks, Kimbrell, Reynaldo Lopez, and Ryan DePera. He was good that year. Yeah, I'm just saying. What, what what team would you take them that that composition of the Marlins? Because they look to me the way why the reason I bring it up is because they seem very. Both teams seem very very similar. Like they just look like identical. Hmm. Like they don't have the hitters like the outfield power in like Aloy Jimenez or Luis Robert. But I mean, Jazz can be that Luis Robert in the lineup. Think about it. If he can, if he stays healthy, he, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. If he's healthy and he can shorten up the strikeouts, but pitching, they have Edward Cabrera, Braxton Garrett, Lazardo, uh, Max Myers on the 40 man. So yep. we won't see him. Puck closing, Trevor Rogers, if he can get it better, Yuri Perez, Sixto Sanchez, if he ever can put it together, and then Ryan Weathers, who I think is a decent little pitcher. They also signed Trey Mancini. They did? Yeah, to minor league deal. Yeah, something like that. Mm. So I'm just saying, what's the difference? I don't think the I don't think the Marlins are going to be as good as the the White Sox were in 21. I mean, I know the White Sox weren't great, like you said, but I, I don't think I I don't want to step on our previews too much, but I, I'm not expecting much from the Marlins. They're pitching. Their pitching seems identical. 
Yeah, I mean, they're missing Sandy. I know Sandy wasn't great last year, but he did get Tommy John. He's going to be out for the season. My whole, point, my whole point about the TAA deal is a very low risk for Miami because, say, if it doesn't work out, you just ship them out. Like, you don't have any money to do for him the next year. And the whole thing is they do need a shortstop. And, I mean, if he gets it together, I mean, bro, he's a 300-level hitter. That's what, No, that's what I'm saying. I like the move for TA. Uh, it's a pillow contract. He was bad last year, you know, 582 OPS, which was the lowest among qualified hitters last year. And he ranked uh, last in DRS, defensive run saved amongst shortstops at minus 16. But again, I think it's important to just note the injuries. He wasn't 100% last year. It was also a terrible environment in, in Chicago with the White Sox. There's a lot of things going on. I don't want to step into what else is going on, but if you know, like if you just look up, you'll find out. Mm -hmm. and, and, and if you look at him, what, the three years before when he really took off in, in 2019, I mean, he was a 300 hitter, uh, 122 OPS plus, 51 homers, uh, he's not going to be a home run guy, but he's going to be a contact guy. Um, and, I mean, he was on Team USA in the WBC last year, last March, this time last year. Um, so the expectations were, were high for him heading into his walk year last year, and he got hurt. Things didn't work out. But I think I think it could work out for him in Miami. Like, I like the fit. You know, I, I don't think the team's going anywhere, but I think um, it's a better environment for him. I think uh, him in a raise at, at the top of the lineup will be interesting. Um, a lot of contact there. Going to need a big year from guys like Josh Bell and Jake Berger and Jazz um, if they want to score runs. But one year, five mil, like it's good for Miami. I would love to see Miami go get J.D. Martinez. Yeah, what's going on with him? Well, I would just – I feel like that lineup just needs a bat. It does. There's that Solaire gap, and I think Martinez to Solaire is an upgrade. And, like, I don't think Martinez would be interesting to go into a – into a very uncertain situation where you don't know if this team's going to be competing or that. So it's interesting. I, don't, I would like to see him go do that. Um, Tim was also linked with the, uh, with the Giants and the Angels. Thank God he didn't go to the Angels. Well, the Angels, it would have been career suicide. Yeah. But the Giants would have been interesting, in my opinion. The Giants you want to talk about the Giants and what they did? Friday night. Yeah, we'll talk about that. I think it's a good lead-in, but I think that would have been a very interesting fit in San Francisco. If I agree. Because they don't really have a shortstop. Like, it's going to be Marco Luciano, who's 22 and a prospect. If it doesn't work out for him, like, TA would have been some good coverage uh, and insurance. The Giants went out on Friday night, and they signed Matt Chapman, the third baseman, to a three-year deal worth $54 million. Um, obviously important note is that it includes opt-outs after the first two seasons. Um, can we do a little story time about this? Yeah, sure. Sure. I want to yeah, hear it. I was, a uh, Friday night I was at a restaurant. I was watching television at a restaurant and, you know, I just was like, you know, this, I, I wanted to go home when I got the alert that Matt Chapman signed and I thought about doing some SBCs and some squad battles on FIFA. <laughs> I was like, you know, yeah, that's a way better idea. And that's what we did. Matt Chapman signed at like midnight. What's up with like you said it best? What's up with these players signing at like two a.m. in the morning? You know. So my theory on Boris is, or sorry, my theory on Chapman and Bellinger and, and these deals getting leaked at two a.m. Whatever. I think it's because Boris got burned so badly on these deals, the Chapman and the the Bellinger deal, 
Cabin was projected to make like a 95 million, uh, 200 million was being floated out there for Bellinger. Um, and he ends up getting, what was it? $80 million uh, with opt-outs after the first two seasons. Snell was rumored that he declined a $168 million from the Yankees deal. And, and I think Boris is like telling Passon or whoever he, he gave the news to first, like, okay, tweet about this, post about this at like 1 a.m. to where the least amount of people are going to see it. Maybe they'll see it when they wake up, but it's going to fly over. They're not going to look, you know, they're going to wake up and look at their phones and and like briefly see the deal and not think much of it. Whereas if it dropped at like 5 p.m. Uh, in the afternoon or in the evening, it would be, you know, much more frontline news. I think that's why Boris is like, all right, it's one of these midnight news drops where it's like, ah, like I'm, I'm embarrassed here. Client kind of got burned. We held out and we didn't get what we wanted and just tweet about this at like 1 a.m. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Chapman, a lot of the reason why Chapman's probably like the defense has gone down, the uh, the speed's been going down, and the bat's pretty spotty. So, I mean, it's a good value deal. Three years, 50, what is it, 354, 355? 354, 20 million and 24, 18 million. That's not bad at all. I mean, the market's going to get reset next year when Bregman hits. So, perfect, has a big year. He can perfectly opt out. So, yeah, so the biggest thing with the Chapman thing is that Chapman will be, because he signed with the Giants, Giants are going to forfeit their second selection in the 2024 draft, 51st overall, and 500000 of the international bonus pool. And if they sign Snell, which they're still linked with Snell, they would sacrifice the 88th pick and then 500k, which I think that's one of the big reasons why New York is holding out with Snell because they don't want to get into that tax, A, the CBT, the competitive balance tax, and they don't want to sacrifice picks, a pick, and sacrifice international bonus money. And, you know, the Yankees are, like, one of those teams. Like, there's, like, five teams I consider in Major League Baseball that do a really good job in going into the international market and recruiting, you know, players. Yeah. Diamonds in the rough, the Yankees, the Reds. Do a good job. The Braves, Oakland does a good job with that. Dodgers, San Diego. So I just think it's a lot to give up for 500K and the, the picks. Kind of a lot to give up for one year of Matt Chapman. Uh, you know, he had that amazing April last year. Um, he hit 384 with a 1152 OPS in April. And the rest of the season, he hit 205 with a 659 OPS. Uh, and only hit 17 home runs in the full season, which was uh, a, a career low outside of, of 2020 and 2017, his rookie year. Full year, career low. Um, you know, he's rejoining Bob Meldman, the manager when he was with the A's in San Francisco. Best managers in Major League Baseball. Yeah, so he's looking to kind of redo the culture there. Uh, gets his guy, you know, it might be for one year. He's going to be making 20 mil. Like, there's no way he's going to be there in 26, 2026 on $16 million a year, unless something goes really wrong. He gets hurt and his career just goes south. I mean, the guy's only 30 years old. So, and I know it's a loaded free agent market next year. So, you know, if he, if he opts out, he's going to, you know, he might be in the same situation next year where he's not, he's one of the last guys to, to get a deal uh, next offseason. So, it's going to be fascinating to see. I like the fit on the team itself. Like, I think the Giants, have made they've been very active this offseason. I don't know if it's going to help them con- contend in the NL West, but at least they're trying. And, and I think Chapman, he's kind of one of those guys 
I think he's good. And and I talk about like with prospects, I like how I like guys with a low floor. I like guys that, Hey, they play really good defense. So at the bare minimum, you know, you're going to have a, 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 a an above average above replacement level player just because of the defense and, and because of the glove like you know this guy he won he's won four al gold gloves at third base and, and won the platinum glove in 2018 and 2019 the defense is going to be there it's a matter of does the bat come along i don't know we always talk about san francisco being a tough place to hit um so we'll see how the bat plays up but at, well, at the bare minimum he's going to be playing good defense at third base for them it's, it's, a, great fit. it's a great fit logan webb their ace is a ground ball pitcher, so you have to have a great infield to, you know, build to your strengths on that team. So Logan Webb, your ace is a ground ball pitcher. All right, let's load up of an infield of great defenders that won't let the ball out of the diamond. Exactly. Um, like he, but, might uh, even, he might even play some – I was reading the article in The Athletic. He might even play a little bit of shortstop. He did that a, a little bit earlier in his career. Um, he's a big guy, though. He is a big dude. Matt Chapman. I'd like to say he's, Matt Chapman. He is a Cali guy. He's from SoCal, I think. Yeah, but I'm just saying he's a big dude. Pause. Like I'm thinking like 6'3", something like that. You got to be big to play third base. Yeah, 6'3", 6'4". I mean, A-Rod's done it. Oh, he's only six foot. I thought he was way bigger. He's six foot two fifteen. So That's still big. Yeah, but I thought it was like six three. Yeah, like I mean, he, he's an elite defender, regardless. Oh, elite defender, one hundred percent. It's just you know, we'll see if the bat comes along. I mean, like I said, very risky move on San Francisco. That if he's on, if he hits it out of the park one year, you're gonna have to re respend. And I mean, in all, San Francisco's. Um, I think this kind of puts. I don't want to say they're done, but they're close to done. I would. I would. I like their offseason. I've liked their offseason. They filled up with some MLB players, and we'll see how that translates. Obviously, there's concerns about the bat, what's going to happen with the bats in that lineup. You need guys like Chapman, Soler. Um, who else do they have on that team? Oh, Luciano. Lee. Uh, yep. To, you know. Conforto is going to need to have a big year. They mean we one more little contact back, like one more little sure thing back, put in that lineup. I, and, I, and I think JD Davis, their their third baseman, really before this deal, he's probably going to get moved. And he's only thirty, almost thirty one. Um, came over from the Mets. I think he's you know kind of the next guy that they're going to move on from and trade, and maybe they can get a, a bat in return for him. I mean, they're still still they're they're still linked with Snell. But I mean, who's gonna want to give up another 500k, another pick for one for potentially one year of Snell? Now they are saying that Snell and Montgomery, the pitchers, might not do these one-year opt-out deals, three-year with a bunch of opt-outs, whatever. Like they might ask for more security. Um, but it's like, who's gonna give that right now? Nobody's gonna give that. Especially the further we get into camp, feels like guy and teams are getting more settled with their teams and they're they're not going to want to take on a guy that's going to change up the locker room, change up the the rotation. I know Blake Snell just won the damn Cy Young, but it is weird that it's March 3rd and the guy hasn't signed. I mean, where Somebody, is somebody's going to get desperate. Some injury is going to come down and somebody's going to get desperate enough. It's going to be an injury. It, it probably will be. I mean, if we saw that. If, if, if you tell me that Rodon goes down as a Yankee fan, 
How would you feel going into a season with uh, Garrett Cole, Marcus Stroman, Clark Schmidt, Nestor Cortez as your rotation? And you're a little bit worried. The thing about Snell with the Yankees is we have to pay so much in tax just to get him. Tax the CBT the, because the CBT, and you also have to do the uh, the pick and the international pool. And I just feel like there's a lot of smoke coming out of Yankees camp because of Juan Soto coming out. Like, oh, yeah, I kind of feel like that's a Boris. He's another Boris client. Like, hey, put some good press on, on your old teammate. You know, market's pretty crappy. Because I don't think he wants to end up in the, now, in, the, in the Angels. I don't think the Angels even want to give a contract like that. Right now. Where do you think he goes? There is nowhere to go. KBO? Boston. Yeah, I mean, if they want to spend money, but where, like... Boston, I think, is kind of waiting to bargain bin. I think that's during their whole Jordan Montgomery approach. I think they've just been waiting to, like, for the money just to absolutely just tank and then, boom, go by. Maybe even a Chicago, but I just can't see Blake Snell fitting the Chicago coach. Yeah. No, I don't. They just got Imanaga. He's a lefty. And they have Justin Steele, who's a lefty. That's the thing. If Snell would, were to sign with the Yankees, that would create one of the most toxic like player fan clubs. Could you imagine Snell and Stroman getting like together and absolutely just getting shelled for like six earned? How the Yankee fans like the Twitter interactions and drawing at the fans would be crazy. Because those are two former guys that Yankee fans really hated. I mean, when Snell was on the the Rays, was not a fan of him. When Stroman was on the Blue Jays, not a fan of him. I don't think I don't know where the hell this guy's gonna go. There's just guys that right now look at the list and it's just like this is a good segue. Remaining free agents: Jordan Montgomery, Blake Snell, and JD Martinez. Those are the big ones, but you also have like some some decent names. Tommy Pham can't even get a contract. Tommy Pham, Adam Duvall, Brandon Belt, uh, Michael Lorenzen. The guy threw a no hitter last year and, and kind of fell off a cliff after that, but. Michael, Michael Lorenzen is probably a role thing, if I were to guess. A royal? A role. A role. Like, what, what's your role? Like, because I feel there's a lot of value in a guy like Lorenzen to be a swing starter. I don't think he's a guy on a contender that you want to be your fourth or fifth guy. I think there's more value in a contender having him as a reliever, a middle reliever. The problem is, is I think, you know, he's had these two good seasons in Detroit, in Philadelphia, and in uh, L.A. with the Angels, that he's been a decent pitcher to be like, hey, I could be a four or a five guy on a playoff team, but I don't think playoff teams value him as a four or five. I mean, More the Phillies did when they traded for him last year, but it didn't, it didn't pan out for him there. That's what I'm saying, but I'm saying it's just like, I don't think teams look at him like that way. As that's, I think that's a role uh, issue with roles. J.D. Martinez is probably a location thing. He didn't want to go to San Francisco. He probably wants to go to contender. He's been linked with the Mets, but does he want to go spend out on the Mets? And just have like kind of a nothing season, another one-year deal? Joey Votto was linked with the uh, with the Jays, but the Jays went into a different direction and signed um, – who did they sign at first base? Not Belt. Blue Jays signed somebody at first base. I forgot. Who did the Blue Jays 
Because the thing about uh, I mean, they, they play, they've signed Justin Turner to they signed IKF and Justin Turner. Yeah. So that's probably they probably and Eduardo Escobar. So that's probably there's the that's another role thing that got in got it in play. That I mean, you he can't go back to Cincinnati because Cincinnati. I'm not saying he can't, but I just think it's just like there's too many. Guys for not enough positions. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with JD. I just don't feel like JD wants to go to a contender. Tommy Fan, I've heard, has no offers. Eddie Rosario was up and down, and I mean, I think Eddie Rosario was a lot, a big product of that Braves lineup that got on fire that everybody was just hitting in June. It was crazy. So yeah, it's it's just. It's tough because a lot of these guys are older guys that we know can still play. But it's just like I kind of feel like there's no roles to place them in right now. It feels like everyone kind of has their roster set for the season and they're going to roll with their guys. I think that except for Montgomery, Snow, and maybe Martinez. And I think that's just a money thing or a location thing. My prediction, Jordan Montgomery back to Texas, Blake Snell to Angels, and J.D. Martinez to the Diamondbacks. I can't see J.D. in the Diamondbacks with them signing Jock. It's probably true, but it's the first team that came to mind. Back reunion in, in Arizona. Montgomery to Boston. Ooh. I just think the price is going to get lowered. I think with Blake Snell, man, I would love to see Blake Snell go home. Could you imagine if Blake Snell goes back home to Seattle? That would be sick. Snell, Castillo, Gilbert, Kirby, and Brian Wu. I mean, their rotation is already, in my opinion. But could you imagine that? That would be sick. That would be sick. And the the Mariners have been kind of quiet this offseason. Do they have money? Yeah. Bro, that'd be well. Why don't you just pick up the call and just do it? Your farm is nuked. You're not going to be able to get an impact arm, right? And and if the, if the, if it goes south, they can just trade them at the deadline. Do a four year one sixty with opt outs. Probably opt outs after year two. I yeah, or something like that, or maybe like I don't know. I think he would take that 168 from the Yankees, but I don't think the Yankees offered that 168. I kind of feel like when the Yankees offered that, it was because you take it or you leave it. Yeah. That will go into another direction with Stroman. Now, the thing is, I don't understand why we keep putting the Yankees together. The problem is the Yankees do not want to pay that tax. So it's just like, who are you going to move from that roster? You're telling me you're going to be able to move Giancarlo with like three weeks away from the season? I don't think so. No, absolutely not. Even though Giancarlo would fit great on one of those, like, Giancarlo on the Dodgers as a DH would be crazy. Or in San Francisco. Uh, I think Giancarlo might have a bit of a bounce back season. And we'll, save that, and we'll save that for the previews. Yeah. You want to quickly talk about Bellinger back to the Cubs? I mean, that's a lot of these signings that we're seeing. It's just kind of like obvious. And I kind of feel like with Bellinger was like, nobody wants to get buyer's remorse. I mean, he had that one really good year 
in Chicago. And I kind of feel like teams didn't want to give that extended deal because what if it was just one good year? And you do have to think Wrigley is a very favorable part to hit in compared to yeah, other parts um, of baseball. And, you know, his numbers were great. He had his highest war uh, since the MVP season in, in 2020 or uh, 2019. Um, hit 300, hit 28, 26 homers, um, finished 10th in MVP voting. But if you look at it deeper, Yes, he was great for the Cubs last year. The the baseball savant numbers aren't that impressive. 22nd percentile on average exit velocity at only 87 miles an hour. Barrel percentage, 27th percentile. Hard hit, 10th percentile, 31%. Uh, now, he did do well in strikeout rate, only 15%. Only walks 7% of the time, which isn't great. Um, chase rates were bad. Uh, so, like, the underlying numbers maybe aren't as great with Bellinger. The production was there, but maybe, like... It's fascinating to me because maybe you see a bit of a regression for Bellinger this year for the Cubs, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, it's three years, eighty million with with opt outs after the first two years. He's going to be making twenty seven this year and in twenty twenty five, and then in twenty twenty six he's going to be making twenty five million. Yes, it's only three years, so you're not stuck with him long term. But if he falls back to like his twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two self when he was with the Dodgers and is kind of just you know irrelevant, and it's like, all right, we might have to send this guy down. Yes, they have guys to cover him, but you're still going to be paying him that money. He's going to surely opt in. Um, and then if he if he balls out again this year, again, it's a loaded free agent class, so I don't know when he'd be able to sign next winter. But if he goes out and it's like, okay, you could get him for another one-year deal, maybe you contend this year. I don't think the Cubs are going to like go to the World Series or anything. Maybe. You don't know. But I'm not sure I love it for the Cubs. Somebody's, somebody's getting screwed out of the trade. I'd add something, in my opinion. Totally. It, it, I, it's not Bellinger because he's going to be making a lot of money. I think it could be the Cubs because they could get stuck with him for three well, years. When, and the, the good side is they have like PCA and, and Alcantara coming up. So they have guys at the farm to, to fill his place if he sucks. But it's like, do you really want to be paying Cody Bellinger $25 million in three years if he's a borderline MLB player? Well, it's three years. I know it's not like a Jacoby Ellsbury deal or or a you know a rod deal. Jacoby Ellsbury was a terrible seven. It was seven over one forty two. I thought it was going to be like Johnny Damon redo, but no, absolutely not. The whole thing about I don't think it's a bad deal because say I don't think the Cubs are going to give up on the Cody Bellinger project if he sucks this year. I don't think they give up one year. So that's why you get the second year. It's just going to hurt for one year if you get what I'm saying. But there's, I don't think there's any way, like the only way he's with the Cubs next year and the year after is if he sucks. Because if he has another good year like he did last year, even up to the level that he played last year, he's gone. He's testing the market. But he had no market. And I mean, I think you got to think about what teams are able to pay that contract one and two and what teams have of vacancies. He's only though, he's only 28. So like if he has yeah. another good year, teams will be like, okay, now it's two straight years of production. This guy's oh. good. He's got a lot of career left. Let's give him a five, six year deal. Oh, what teams have outfield vacancies? I think I could see the Mets signing him next offseason. Like that would make sense. Oh, the Mets. Okay. Do you want to go join a Mets project? I I, I don't I don't know. If it's two hundred million dollars, sure. I think the Yankees, if Soto doesn't resign, Bellinger would be a backup option. 
Do you think Soto leaves the Yankees? But Soto on the Yankees just fits. Like yeah, I he just it, it, it fits. You like he is going to re-energize the fan base. I can just imagine the New York people, the people from Dykeman, the Dominicans and Dykeman just be like, Yeah, that guy's Soto. Like his first post on Instagram was New York, New York, like the New York, New York uh fat Joe. Like he's going to be one of those guys. Like, don't get me wrong, Judge is great. But I think Juan's going to speak for the people more of New York. I think he understands the people more than like Judge does. Judge is a Cali guy. I get yeah, it. But sure. like, I think Soto understands like it, the culture, and everything in New that's New York and body. He's gonna fit. Like Jeter did a good job of like doing that too. I think Judge, Judge does a good job, but you're, you might be right that Soto might be better. Um, Equipped with certain parts of the New York population, I don't know. I, I think it is a good fit. It, he looks great in pinstripes. Like he looks great in pinstripe. The blue fits. Everything just fits. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to see him resigned. It depends on what price. Like, how much is he going to get? Three hundred million? Four hundred million? He'll get four. That's so much money, man. I mean, he's young. What are you going to do? That's going right. Well, I know. That's that's the problem. What's going on? And back to the whole Bellinger deal, it's just like I don't I don't see like the only way I see Bellinger on the Yankees if you're able to move Sands contract and if Verdugo goes south and the Jason Dominguez project. Because like hypothetically, the future Yankees outfield will be Soto, Spencer Jones, and Jason Dominguez with Judge sprinkling in at DH. God, you think Judge is just gonna get moved to DH at some point in his career? He probably will. You're probably right. He's 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 getting older in age and he's big and he said that that toe injury is going to be something that's going to linger for the rest of his career. So yeah. let's just play. We're just, we're just playing musical chairs. Um, Spencer Jones is probably going to be up next year in a year and a half, and Jason Dominguez should be a full time MLB by next uh, spring training. So then you probably have a swing outfielder. Verdugo, Bader-esque, like, level player. Yeah, but that's going to be your your outfield. So where does Cody play into this? Where would he play into the Yankee outfield? He doesn't. Well, if Spencer Jones isn't a guarantee, I mean, you know, he He might not. He looks good this spring. It's spring training. Ah, if, I think if Soto doesn't resign, like uh, Cody Bellinger would make sense. If Soto doesn't resign, everybody's going to look at the Yankees as, a, as they're going to you're going to get creamed in the market because you've lost the the pole one and two. Like you've literally fleeced not fleeced, but you've lost a, quite a bit. Who are you going to be able to attract? You can't lose them. Because then you're going to bring the narrative of you're going to be cheap. But whenever the, ever, the Yankees and cheap ever come, that's going to be Soto, Harper, and Machado that you've just yeah. left walk. And you can't do that. So I don't what think. About, what about a, a reunion with the Dodgers? They need outfielders. With what money? What? With what money? They got infinite money. Otani's not getting paid money until 10 years down the road. They're already doing the deferral contract already. I know. So you're he's gonna give Cody a deferral contract, and I kind of feel like 
that's you know i kind of feel the bellinger dodgers is like a relationship like it's kind of like when you're in a relationship with your girlfriend and then you break up and you both guys both see each other striving you're kind of just both happy each other like you're happy that you guys broke up and it was for the better of both of you like yeah, you guys are probably both, right like you know it worked for a little bit, but it didn't. So we're happy that we've been able to move along and do that. Other places, I think, San Francisco, there's no vacancies. Well, and I've, I, I don't mean, think you would go to SF. I and the money, that. SF money. Um, Arizona, he is an Arizona guy. I could see Arizona. Yeah, uh, Corbin Carroll, Guriel, and. Thomas, yeah, he could play center there with, with Carroll and left. Or, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Or Arizona makes sense. Boston doesn't make sense because I kind of feel like Boston's kind of bringing up their kids together. They're kind of bringing up a kids up through graduation, and they'll probably sprinkle in wherever they need. And that's pretty much it. Uh, Toronto has a huge spending issue. Would I kind of Toronto, feel like? Would I kind of feel like Toronto? We're gonna have to have a conversation of like, what do you do? Like, what do you do? You're going to have to, like, nuke. I did read something that for them to spend, they have to sell. They're going to buy to sell. Mm -hmm. They're a fascinating one because they kind of missed out on all the guys they were in on this offseason. They've kind of missed out on their whole window. If you want to be frankly honest, their window, we looked at their window being very open two and a half years ago. Now their window is absolutely shut closed. Because I don't think it's absolutely shut close. I think one more disappointing year, and it might be. So you're telling me Toronto is better than the Yankees, the Orioles, Astros, Mariner, Mariner. Out of those teams, I don't think they're better than any – the Yankees, Orioles, Mariners, Astros, those four teams. Are they better than those four teams? How many are they better out of those four? Dep like, I, I don't want to step on the previous. It depends on what happens with the bat. Bats, did they bounce back this year? Because I think their pitching is there. I don't think they're better. Their pitching is there. Did you see Alec Manoa? They got Kevin Gosman, man. He's a Cy Young. Mm, uh, Kevin Gosman, who else? Ryu's gone. Ryu went gone to the KBO, which is actually really nice. Uh, we'll touch on that right now. Ryu's going back to the KBO to his childhood team, and he did have offers here in the United States to stay. But he decided that he wanted to go back while he can still be relevant and give back to his community and give thanks to his boyhood club in Korea. I think it was the Kiwoom Heroes or the Doosan Eagles. Yeah, I, I'll miss him. I thought I thought he had some more left in him in the big leagues, but didn't didn't happen. But he wanted to stay. He didn't want to stay because he didn't want to go washed up back to Korea. Yeah, he's a Hawan Eagles. Yeah, but regardless of the fact, it's like talking about the. Bellinger and the and the Jays, they're in a sell to buy. Like, who, are they better than out of those four teams? How many are they better than? I don't think they're better than. I think they're only better than one team. It's a push. They, they could be better than Seattle, and that's a push. Yeah, it's, it's they're about even. I'd it's, say it's, it's really taking. What are you taking, pitching or batting? But regardless, um, out of the Cody Bellinger deal, I think it's a B B plus. It's a very low risk deal for the Cubs. It's cheap. In, in retrospect, very cheap. Three, three. Uh, what is it? Three over eighty. Yeah, three over eighty. This year, if it fails, cool. He has another year to bounce back. If he bounces back next year, oh, cool. 
two years. And if he doesn't, he's just terrible for the next two years. I mean, you only have to eat the contract for one year. And I mean, the Ricketts family prints money with Cubs con. So yeah. I don't think it's going to be that big of an issue of yeah. eating $25 million for a season. It's not like you're eating like A-Rod's final three years that you had at the Yankees that were just terrible, where he was just printing and cashing checks and flirting with women at the teams are, teams are so scared of getting burned with those long deals now. Yeah. Which yeah. is good. I mean, that's probably the right approach to have to be hesitant to to give out those massive deals and just get burned. Don't get me wrong, that A-Rod deal was great. It was, was great. It was going great. I think he's a Hall of Famer. That's conversation for another day. It I was mean, just uh, if you just caught up to him. If you look at the numbers, yeah, he's undoubtedly a Hall of Famer, but you have to it has to do with the whole steroid thing. Injuries caught up to him. That's the problem. That's, I mean, that's three three thousand hits, almost seven hundred home runs, almost a three hundred batting average. Like, yeah, he's a, I mean, three MVPs. He's easily a Hall of Fame player. I mean, guy got one of the biggest contract or he had got the biggest contract in sports to go to Texas in two thousand one coming off an insane year in Seattle. I mean, yeah, he his number, like his baseball reference page is like baffling. But he got popped for steroids twice, and he got popped after they started testing for steroids. So 14-time All-Star, World Series champion, three-time MVP, two-time Gold Glove, 10 Silver Sluggers, four Hank Aaron Awards, batting champion, five-time AL home run leader, two – Time RBI Libra. The only thing he doesn't have is a gold medal in his resume. I mean, dude hit 358 in 1996 with 50 with 36 homers, 54 doubles, led the league. Absurd. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was he was putting up Looney Tunes numbers. He's he's Looney Tunes, and then people want to just really just disregard him for whatever he did. I'm like, great, like dudes. I mean, people have character. People have issues with this character because he lied about the steroids thing. Well, what would you do? I don't he didn't wanna, handle it well. He didn't handle it well. I, I don't want to get into that because that's just apple to oranges, and we can be here for an hour just discussing that. Um, I know. I know. Next thing on the pod list for the day. Um, Otani got married. Shout out. Oh, yeah, congratulations. Congrats. I love how uh, – you see, Otani is how we should handle things in society. This is like, we just got married. That's it. Nothing else. Like, Nothing like even you know, Smart guy doesn't even show the female anything. Just like, hey, nobody knows what she looks like. Nothing. It's cool. Respecting, it's- respecting her privacy because I know she would get hounded in, in Japan considering the guy's a superstar over there. She'd be you know, all over the news. It's uh, not. So I, I respect it's, him for keeping it private. Not No Instagram picture, no wedding picture. Everything's so under key. Man, I, bro, Otani's like team's crazy. Think about it. You're telling me there's not even a wedding picture or like paparazzi catching them going somewhere at a restaurant. You got to tell me like this dude has to have some like high grade level like army security team blocking from pictures that come out. I know. I, how is nothing leaked? How is that? Has no one seen him and his wife now wife in public at all? It is interesting. It is. But what it's does he like, do? Like, what does he do in the off season in Japan? Because he's like, I think he's on. You know, he's one of the most famous people in Japan. Like, if he walks outside in Japan, he's getting mobbed. So, I, I guarantee you what he's doing is this just by watching of his GQ, 
his GQ uh, five uh, five essentials. I guarantee you, it's he has some house. I would assume not a mansion, but a modest house. He seemed like he'd have like a big modest house. Yeah, where he has like a batting cage, hyperbaric chamber, like, and he's just yeah. like wakes up, eats a breakfast with a chef, or has a breakfast already lined up, prepackaged that he heats up, eats, goes, has a workout. Then does a recovery session at his own house, and then you know hangs out with his. He has a dog, right? Yeah, he has a dog. That was the big thing. Yeah, yeah. The dog's all over Instagram too. Yeah, so you see the dogs over Instagram, but not, but not his wife. That's that's what I'm telling you. It's only a matter of time where somebody from TMZ LA clocks her at a Dodgers game. Totally. It's like, like yeah, totally. TMZ is next level, man. They figure out everything. Hey man, they 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 have their ways. They have they have a, a lot. But um, congrats on Otani. Next thing, Brandon Crawford signed for the Cardinals. Cardinals are trying to form a All Star 2010s level team with Goldschmidt, Brandon Crawford, and Nolan Arenado. NOS All Star team is what they're trying to do. That's true. They're all like 35, and it's just like you see, the Cardinals have a legitimate issue. Like, they clearly need to nuke it, in my opinion, do a soft rebuild and start over again. But no, we're just gonna like try to go for it and sign, you know, guys over 35. Lance Lynn, Sonny Gray. They have the oldest starting rotation in the big leagues. They have the oldest team. It could work out, but I don't know. I don't think so. I don't want to step on the previews too much again. I'm just saying that's an old team, man. I, I mean, it's a good fit in my opinion. He's a great defensive. Problem is the bat. Tommy Edmond is uh is in question for the season start of the season right now, and then Mason Wynn may not be ready to go as a developmental standpoint. And Tommy Edmond can play pretty much anywhere. I think I think Mason Wynn will start at short this year. He's got he's a really good defender. He's got that baseline there. He's got the, the high floor. Yeah, Brandon Crawford, high defender. He'll probably hit ninth with uh Brendan Donovan on there. I'm telling you, that team had all flow team too. Brandon Crawford and Donovan. All they needed was uh was to keep Bader. But I mean, yeah, we'll see. Acuna. Bad news for Braves fans. He uh he has a sore right knee going to get examined on monday tomorrow in los angeles same doctor that did his acl surgery in 2021 uh an mri on friday revealed irritation around the meniscus in his knee um the braves are remaining optimistic that acuna will be ready for opening day but much will depend on, on the test and evaluation tomorrow um the brian snicker their manager he said right now we're trying to be optimistic maybe he's out for just a couple of weeks or whatever just to calm everything down but honestly i don't know until we get what the doctor out there says, that's I, that makes me that makes me nervous. If I'm a race fan, he's well, he's as a as a as a fantasy uh, as a baseball general manager in our uh, in Fairview 410. He he may be removed from my uh, from my big board. He's falling off my big board right now. And I I had him last year. He was unreal. He was unreal. He was. If if these knee injuries keep flaring up, it's nerve wracking. I mean, he played winter ball. For about a month in Venezuela. Did, yeah, he did play with a ball in Venezuela. He did. He and did play with a ball in Venezuela. A lot of 
lot of baseball this guy's played. Uh, he reported the camp in good shape, no no issues with his body, anything. Um, gotten a rundown in a spring training game on Thursday. That might have been when he irritated it, but neither him nor the Braves know exactly. So uh, these, these tests tomorrow are going to be huge. Honestly, if there's a team that can take the injury, it's probably the Braves. Yes. You but it is just, Ron, they won the World Series without the guy. But it is Ronald Acuna Jr. Like, you'd love to have that bat in your line. Just stick him in um just stick him in bubble wrap and just bring him out in like May. In my opinion. Yeah. You still got Austin Riley, Ozzie Albies, uh Matt Olson, who probably will hit 60 nukes. Uh Spencer Strider has has a freaking curveball. They they signed. They got a big signing in uh, Jared Kelnick. Got Jared Kelnick. I, I'm a big fan of the Jared Kelnick move. And then who else do they have me out? They have one more guy. Oh, and then my guy Michael Harris. So I'm not too worried. You know, Hurston Waldrop looked good yesterday in his debut. So I'm telling that's you, your guy. that's one of your guys. That's one of my prospects. That's what I'm telling you. I, I would just like. Stick them in bubble wrap at this point, you know. What's the problem? He led the league in 10. His his season last year was unreal. 10 stat categories. Played appearances, at-bats, runs, hits, stolen bases, caught stealing 14 times, led the league. Uh, On-base percentage, OPS, OPS plus, and total bases. Um, 337 batting average, 168 OPS plus. 41 home runs, 73 stone bases. My God, that last, that last season for Acuna was just nasty. It was nuts. It was nuts. All I say is stick them in bubble wrap. Yeah. I, I, I Hopefully that knee, that knee inflammation just relaxes and uh, he doesn't have to get surgery or anything and, and he can stay healthy because he is he's one of the most electric players to watch and that Braves lineup is is terrifying. They just got to get it done in, in October again because that, that core is – that core is too good to only have one World Series. That, that, is, core, that, that core has dynasty potential, especially considering they've got all those guys locked up. So they got to get it done again. Yeah. Last and not, last time here. Kike Hernandez reunion back at the Dodgers. I think that's a, that's like a Brian Cat like you know, Brian Cashman always has a Brett Gardner type player on the roster. I think the Dodgers is like they gotta have Kike Hernandez. For, you know, whatever. Versatility, clubhouse guy. They trade Manuel Margot to the Twins, which, I mean, Margot can play center hey, or, or corner outfield. I like that move for the Twins. The Twins did so. I mean, that means Michael Taylor's probably not back there now. He's probably not, and he's a free agent. Uh, that's Buxton insurance, the Margot trade, for sure. Or I don't think that's Buxton insurance. I think probably think that's, you know, you are you are the starter now. You think? Yeah. I was reading that they, they might want to run Buxton in center again this year. So he can tear up more of his body again and be out for like 81 games again and hit 196 with like 30 home runs. Hey, congratulations! Like he does, he's one of those guys that makes a difference when he plays. But when does he play? I don't know. I mean, you just rather have him DH again. DH, yeah. I mean, his speed. I mean, his defense is great, but I mean, he can't stay healthy. Yeah, yeah. He. I mean, his career numbers are not good when you look at him. He's never really put it together. He's five cool guy. I mean, always had it. And when he's on, he's on. But when he's not on, it's not good. Yeah. So it's it's really bad. Low floor, high high ceiling guy. 
Very hot. Not one of my type of players, man. I mean, he does have the speed, though, but it Age goes up. Yeah. How old is he? He's going to be 30 this year. Something like that. Yeah, he's 30. So. All right, man. You got anything else before we get out of here today? Just a quick reminder. We're going to start recording this week. I know the boys are getting this week together, and we're going to start recording uh, preview podcasts. Um, they'll be extensive. They'll be in-depth. I know we're going to do a couple live ones. I mean, probably the AL East one will be live because, I mean, that's one of the most anticipated ones. Of course. It is the, it is the NFC East division of uh, baseball. <laughs> Agreed. You, so we will be definitely be having that coming out soon. And then we're only three, so we are 23 days away. 23 days away. Our opening day is on the 28th, but we do have the Korea series starting March 20th. So, oh, so that's 17. Yeah, I thought it was no, yeah, because Marlins play on the 28th. We open up for, against the Pirates. Yeah, we, we, it's a we. Oh, no, we. It's a we now. Okay, okay. It's we. TA, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I will be there because we play the Guardians this year at home. Jose Ramirez, TA, round two in Miami. The Rumble. Round two. Round two, so yeah, but yeah, um, you got anything planned? Uh, other things for the pod? I mean, we haven't seen a pod from Joe, you know. No, kind of. We're in key ramp up to baseball season right now. College football news has been quiet. Um, I mean, I'm I'm doing a lot of work on these previews, uh, learning about all the teams, reading up on them. So, done some work, posted my power rankings last Sunday. Working on another article right now for the for the blog, and. Uh, it's fun, Anything, man. I'm hyped for baseball to start, and we're gonna be we're gonna be in Miami next week. That's right. Friday, so. Friday. Any any other pods you got coming in with? Uh, any of the guests and friends of the podcast, like J- Josh or uh, Joe, or we're just gonna keep baseball right now. I think we're gonna <laughs> keep baseball right now. We might do one with Joe, but I- I'm liking the baseball content. All right. Well, there you have it, listeners. <laughs> All right, man. I'll see you uh, in in person on Thursday night. Yeah, we'll be recording Friday. Friday we'll probably run we'll probably run the AOS pod on Friday. It's gonna be the quickest one. Yeah, that division is not gonna be too entertaining. We'll probably be uh, we'll probably do that one from from the pool, pool side and just do a live little pool side AOS pod, you know, because we'll be sipping my ties or whatever. We don't have anything to talk about with the AOS other than Seattle, Houston, and Texas. Yeah, the, the other two teams are irrelevant. Yeah, so we'll bang out a couple there. I, I tweeted out the the, the schedule um, that we're going to be dropping those preview pods. Uh, Locked in Sports Zero on X. Locked in Sports Pod on IG. Locked in Sports Pod on YouTube as well. Keep it locked. Keep it. Keep loving the content. We appreciate you guys for listening. Yeah. Um, and we'll be back next week for our last episode that is non-preview. And then the week after that starts up the previews. Yeah. Uh, thank you all for listening. And we'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace out. Peace.